Welcome to the podcast from Label to Able, a show to discuss the different aspects and perspectives of developmental disabilities, so everyone learns to look beyond the label and just starts to look at the abilities of their peers. Today's guest is Rachel Bonsky, an intervention specialist at Lakewood High School here in Ohio. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast today, Rachel. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So would you mind just telling the listeners a little about what, like who you are and what your job is? Sure. Um, so like you said, my name is Rachel Bonsky. I am a licensed intervention specialist. I am a mild moderate K-12 license. Um, I've worked in a variety of settings. My first year I worked in a uh, position that was like inclusion and co-taught. Um, so learning disabilities and, and things like that. Um, my second year I taught in an autism unit. Um, so it was a unit for students with severe autism at the high school level. Um, all day, all the time. And then now, uh, and for the past couple of years, I've been working in a behaviorally focused unit, which is a classroom for students with severe behaviors, whether those be internalizing behaviors like mental health needs or external behaviors like aggression and physical altercations and things like that. So I've seen quite a bit these days. Yes, you have um, lots of experience and it seems in like multiple different areas. So how did did you become an intervention specialist? Like, how did you know you wanted to become one or did you find it throughout or, yeah. Um, So I would say I did not know I wanted to be an intervention specialist for a long time. And I probably denied it uh, for several years. Um, So back when I was a kid, I was babysitting and I think I must've been in like eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. And um, this lady came around the corner with her child in a wagon and she said, do you babysit? And will you babysit my son? And I was like, okay, sure. Sounds great. No big deal. She says, by the way, he has special needs. And I said, no big deal. I got it. Um, so her son had severe um, special needs, uh, autism amongst other things. Okay. Um, he was nonverbal. Um, at times he could get like a little aggressive. And um, I mean, he was just like, such a wonder. I mean, I did not know what I was getting into. Yeah. And I babysat him for a long time. I mean, I babysat him even through college at some point. Oh. Um, I would say he really started the journey. Um, I liked him a lot. I liked working with the family. I kept showing up. And so my mom was like, you got to be a special ed teacher. And I was like, I don't know if this is my thing. <laughs> so um, senior year rolls around and I have to make a decision. So I'm like yeah. applying to colleges and I apply with special education in mind. However, I also look into other fields because I'm like, I don't, I'm not convinced. So I looked into speech pathology and okay. I shadowed somebody at the hospital and I shadowed a speech pathologist at a school. And I was like, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> so then I also shadowed an occupational therapist at a school and at a hospital. And I was like, man, that's kind of boring. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to college. I'll be a special education major. And if I change my mind, no big deal. Just change my mind. And I never changed my mind. It's something I think I'm good at. It's something that I think like kind of like came naturally. And, you know, I, I hate to say this, like, I felt like I couldn't find anything better because it really is a great job for me. Yeah. Um, so what was the schooling like to become an intervention specialist? Um, so I went to Miami university and at Miami, we, uh, participated in programs, um, aligned with general education teachers. 
So it was a very small cohort. Um, I believe it was 50 students or less. And what we would do is we would be um, aligned with people that were getting their middle childhood um, degrees. So they were gen ed teachers. And so what was unique and kind of nice is that we got a gen ed perspective as well as a special ed perspective. Yeah. And we would go into classrooms every single year of my college career. I mean, I went into classrooms, I think probably from like the get-go and we go in for like an hour or we go in for half of a day or we go in every day for half a day or things like that. And, um, you know, they really gave us a lot of opportunities to get into classrooms. Yeah. And being that my license is kindergarten through 12th grade, um, I literally got all of it. Um, Kindergarten was probably the most interesting. Um, Tiny, tiny chairs, ABCs, one, two, threes. And yeah. then, then, you know, the next placement, I would go into a high school placement, high school writing class, and it would be totally different. So um, if, uh, what's the phrase? It's like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yes. I think that's kind of what like the approach was for school. It was like, you're going to learn a little bit of everything. You're not going to master it but you're going to get to know it. You're going to get to know what you like. And then when you go into the real world, you've at least seen it once or twice. Yeah. And it worked out so far. I, I have a job, so it must be doing something right. Because the degree covers, I mean, as you said, like K through 12, and that's most, I feel like most like gen ed degrees are like, you get K through four, like five through eight or nine through 12, like those in chunks. And right. then now this, to become an intervention specialist, you have most schools at least have the program that it's just K through 12. So you have to learn a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. And then whatever your job is, you're just kind of thrown into it. And they're like, figure it out with the little, little bit you got. Um, so I, it's funny that you say this because um, they would make sure that we saw all grades K through 12, yeah. but you really don't get that many placements. You get a lot, but you see that, that placement several times. So yeah. um, high school was considered grades eight through 12. And so I accepted it. That was fine. And I had seen an eighth grade placement. And so I had checked all the boxes. Like I've been to an elementary placement, I've been to a middle school placement, a high school placement. I thought I was good to go. Um, When I started applying to jobs, I did apply to some high school positions and I had to be very honest, awkwardly honest when they said, have you had any experience at the high school level? You know, grades nine through 12, which is typical high school at in Ohio. And I had to tell them I did not. My highest grade I knew was eighth grade. But, um, you know, I think school prepared me enough that I like, I, I had some great basic skills that I could transfer in any grade. Um, yeah. And you just make it work. You know, I think with education, um, you can go to s- student teaching um, as much as you'd like, but nothing's like owning your own classroom and, and managing yeah. your own classroom. And so a lot of it you learn on the job and I'm six years in and I'm still learning every day. <laughs> yeah. So was your first um, job at the high school level that you got? Yes. So I taught um, grades nine through 12, all of them. Um, I had a combination of like co-taught classes, like co-taught government and I co-taught English. Okay. And I also had some small group classes, which is where I saw a lot of students with developmental disabilities. Um, we had a small group and they, the students were on the alternate assessment and um, I taught them history classes. And um, it was a really great placement or not placement, great job. Um, gave me a lot of different um, types of kids to see. And um, I'll never forget my first job. I mean, you'll never forget your first set of students and you'll never forget your first job. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
what kind of, I know you talked about, like you said, like from the beginning you were in um, like classrooms, like learning, like throughout college, were there any other like hands-on activities or like other student teaching, teaching opportunities that you got in, during college? Um, so like I said, like every semester, there was always some sort of student teaching experience. Um, the times and the duration depended on what stage you were in. Um, I was um, grateful to be given the opportunity to receive a grant at some point. I think this was must have been my junior or senior year. Okay. Um, and I was allowed to visit schools and implement um, a math vocabulary program oh. and um, at the elementary level and they paid me, you know, they gave me a grant to do it. And so it was great because they did have a lot of like extra experiences that were possible if you were interested yeah. and um, they were compensated and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got to present at a conference and That's it awesome. was pretty great. Like it was a great experience. Yeah. And so I think I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but I know Rachel through um, Camp Imagine, which is based in Avon Lake, and it's basically an extended school year type program. Um, so do you, I know, do you do any other type of extended school year program? Um, so I've done Camp Imagine, oh, I think for like nine years, <laughs> I've done a lot. Um, yeah. When the COVID pandemic hit, I did do summer school with my, with Lakewood High School, which yes. is a little bit different. Um, Lakewood also does extended school year and, and it's structured a lot differently. Um, but Camp Imagine I've done for so long and it takes up, you know, kind of a lot of time in the summer. I mean, it's yes. nine to two, it's six weeks. Um, it's very structured, gives a lot to the kids. Um, but that was mostly my experience because I actually started doing Camp Imagine after my freshman year of college. Um, okay. Uh, back in the day, it was run by um, George Haxu, and I bugged him enough that he called me back and he offered me a job and I worked for him for several years. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, I've been there for a long time now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, our listeners will hear a little bit more about Camp Imagine in a future episode, but um, can you just talk about like the opportunities that you get to teach at Camp Imagine there or like the things basically a little bit about how you run your classroom there? Sure. Um, so I'll say that I started actually as a paraprofessional. And so I was supporting teachers in their role in the classroom yeah. at a school year for um, my first three years. Okay. And that gave me a really great and unique opportunity to kind of like figure out how other people run their classroom and how um, we can, I could run my own classroom with camp. Yeah. Uh, so Typically we would have like 10 to 12 students in each class with developmental disabilities or multiple disabilities, um, things like that. And the school day really would, or the school day, the <laughs> camp day yeah. would typically run with some structured academic, academic time with uh, a lot of fun filled in. So uh, typically I'd start my day with a morning meeting with the students and staff. And then I would do academic time, which would be specific to each student. Um, Ella, you were great <laughs> helping out with all the kids. Um, Ella takes great data if anyone needs a data collector listening. Um, I'd check in with students and then other staff would be working with students on their IEP goals from the school year. And then um, tons of fun sprinkled in. I mean, we would have pool time, 
Um, we would have time to go to the park and work on gross motor skills. Uh, we had some field trips sprinkled in, um, some guests that came in, a car wash. Uh, so lots of fun. Uh, about the go noodles, of course. Oh, in tons of go noodle time. Brain breaks galore because <laughs> the kids want summertime fun too. Um, I think the most interesting thing about camp is that uh, you have a lot of students with uh, severe or um, severe needs in one room, yeah. but I also had a lot of staff. And so a unique challenge at times can be is like managing staff. Um, yeah. So managing who's working with who and how it's going and things like that. Um, there's so much help and you just kind of have got to have eyes everywhere. And so for me, it was a great experience to be um, the paraprofessional watching teacher so that I kind of knew what to do. I mean, it yeah. was kind of like a whole separate student teaching experience for me. That's awesome. Um, I just have one last question. I asked this to like all the guests on the podcast. So what's one thing that you wish everyone knew about developmental disabilities? <sighs> okay. Um, yes, a very loaded question. It's a huge question. And I think like <laughs> developmental disabilities, especially, but really any disability, I think something yeah. I want people to know is that um, they are different, not less. Um, if anything, I would say they have a lot more to offer. Um, they can teach us a lot. They can teach us patience, kindness, perseverance, understanding. Um, and you know, if you embrace people with disabilities, um, you can just learn a lot more about the world um, because yeah. the world is not, you know, just typical. There's not like we have to accept um, this diversity that is offered. And I think it's a real gift. Um, and definitely not something to be looked down upon in any way. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Ella. It was a pleasure being here. Yes, of course. Um, so that's it for today's episode. Remember to be kind and always look for the able instead of the label.